Uh, okay. Shrihari. <laughs> Om Mangalam Gurudevaya Devye Matriksha Mangalam Mangalam Bhakta Brindevyo Sarvalokaya Mangalam Om Stapakaya Chadarmasya Sarvadharma Sarupine Avatar Varishtaya Ramakrishna Yate Namaha Om Sarashiva Samarambam Shankarachara Majamam Ashmarachara Prayantam Bande Gurum Paramparam Guru Brahma Guru Vishnu Guru Deva Maheshwara Guru Deva Param Brahman Tasmai Shri Guru Namaha Om Badra Kalyanamonicham Sarasvatinamonamaha Veda Veranta Veranga Vidyasthana Vevacha Sri Ganesha Sharada Guru Bhyo Namaha Today is also uh, a day called um, Shitala Saptami, uh, uh, the, uh, the uh, Jayanti day of Shitala Devi. And from oh. our last talk in, on um, the Hindu goddess, we talked about Kula Devis and Grama Devi, Devis. Shitala Devi is one of those classic Grama Devis and Kula Devis, including the, the family deed of Sri Ramakrishna's family. So we'll recite her Pranam Mantra from the Shitalashtakam. Shitale Chom Jagamata, Shitale Chom Jagapita, Shitale Chom Jagadatri, Shitalaye Namo Namaha. O Shitala, you are the world mother. O Shitala, you are the world father. O Shitala, you are the support of the entire world. To you, Goddess Shitala, we bow again and again. I am off. And we pray to her that all of you remain healthy and free of disease and your children and family are protected. So very happy to continue our Devi Gita class, um, reading from the Srimad De, uh, Devi Gita from the, there's many, there's about six or seven Devi Gitas from different Puranas. We're reading the Devi Gita from the Srimad Devi Bhagavatam, a very advanced, developed and beautiful um, uh, goddess theology text, as we've been discussing. And we're reading, primarily we're using the translation, uh, those who are watching new, of uh, C. Mackenzie Brown, this is the version, but we're also pre 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 presenting other translations as well, as well as our own kind of running translation. Um, and so we've only, in our, this is I think our, this is our fourth meeting? I think it's, it's our fourth meeting. Right. Our, our um, fourth meeting. Whoever is not um, muted, I'll mute a few people here, yeah, okay. Um, our fourth meeting, um, um, and we're now at verse six or verse seven, <laughs> and there's a lot of verses, so I don't know how far we'll go. And we haven't, and so the Devi Gita, the core of the Devi Gita is a conversation between the gods um, um, headed by the Himalaya personified, Himavan, Him, uh, Himalaya, um, um, and the Devi, uh, uh, the Supreme Goddess here shown as Devi Bhagavat. Um, um, Bhuvaneshwari Devi, Bhuvaneshwari. Um, but there's a frame story to get there, and Janamanjaya is talking to Vyasa about when something happened where a mystical light appeared, an infinite light. Uh, um, uh, tell us that story, you mentioned it briefly. And so he, Vyasa backs up and mentions the story of how Sati left her body, um, insulted when Daksha insulted uh, Shiva and, uh, and her. And she gave up her body and disappeared from the world. 
And then we mentioned briefly last week, we began to mention um, um, Shiva taking the corpse, uh, moving around through the three worlds, holding the corpse of Sati, um, and what happened at that point. So this is a, where we left off. I'm going to share a screen here so you could see um, some verses we were on. This is the verse we were we ended on last week, right? About Shiva when Sati left, when Sati committed Sati, as we see, like we use now, we use the word Sati as uh, a wife dying in this particular way. Um, when Sati left her body, Shiva was extreme um, grief. Um, we didn't mention, but in, in there's there's a uh, a series that was very popular at one point on Indian television called Devanki Dev Mahadev, Shiva, the Lord, the God of Gods, um, and it has the um, uh, slightly uh, uh, the aesthetics and the the uh, of Indian devotional serials, Puranic serials, mythological serials, which it's not exactly up to Hollywood standards, perhaps. <laughs> it's a particular style, right? But it's a beautifully told story. We we spent, I don't know how many thousands, hundreds about thousand episodes, I think we watched of this over several years. And but the most they spent all the money they saved in production value for the first season, they used for the final scene of the first season. And the final scene was the death of Sati. And, uh, uh, and, and as Shiva is meditating in Kailash and Sati is experiencing what she's experiencing in, in, I guess, I believe that's believed to have taken place in Hadwar actually, but uh, at her father's uh, uh, sacrifice. When Sati leaves her body in, in the show, I mean, I get chills thinking about it. Shiva goes, Sati, and the entire Kailash bursts into flames. It's a spectacular I mean, very emotional, even to think about or remember it, but it's a very emotional thing. And then he he sends uh, very fierce incarnations, his Shaktis, Virbhadra and Bhadrakali, to destroy the sacrifice. It's very, we mentioned a little bit last week. Um, very powerful moment. And then, so the, the, the Shima Devi Bhagavatam mentions that he carried the body around. Some texts don't go into such detail some versions of the story, and then we have a fully developed story that Vishnu, either with his chakra or with his arrows, cut up the body, and then the body fell. The Devi Bhagavatam version is that story, and Devi Bhagavatam is a, a fairly late telling of the story. Um, and it's important, and we'll see in our next, in Sunday's talk for the, the Hindu goddess class on the Shaktipitams and pilgrimage, it's about the story. A, a major, major part of it is where her body parts fell, became holy places associated with the goddess, traditional 51, 52 uh, uh, Shakti Pitans. But the, the chapter directly before, not even, I mean, this is verse six. So six verses before, right, talk, talk about the Shakti Pitam. So this is very fresh in the, in the storyline where Shiva, uh, where Sati left her body, Shiva carried her corpse. The corpse was cut up in, in, in 108 there in this story version of the 108 piece, pieces were, and it mentions, it lists, this piece fell here and Ma is known by this name at that, in this tirta. And Ma's, Ma's uh, earring fell here, Ma's finger fell here, her nosing fell here, her neck fell here, her breast fell here, and she's known at that place by a certain name. 
it gives that whole litany. This is literally the verse is right before verse one of the Devi Gita. Um, and it says, just remembering one who remembers or recites these names attains a divine abode. I forget the exact verses, uh, exact, exact the pulse duty. So even remembering these holy places, but to speak of visiting those places, embodying those places, which we'll be discussing on Sunday in our, in our pilgrimage class. So we'll, we'll pick up the story there. This is the verse, verse five is a, we mentioned last week. We, 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 we uh, uh, described this last week. Um, I have to move this a little bit. Having a hard time reading here. Um. He was unaware of the manifest world, his mind being fully absorbed. I have to read it here. I can't, my screen's not fully visible to me right now for some reason. He was not aware of the manifest world, his, his mind being fully absorbed in samadhi, regaining his self-composure, he passed the time contemplating the true form of, de of, of, of the goddess of, of, uh, of, of, of Devi. Devi uh, Dhyanam Devi Sarupam, the true form of Devi, meditating on her original essential nature or even meditating on her forearm form of Bhuvaneshwari. So we'll, we'll jump from there. Verse 6. Salbhagya Rahitam Jatam Trilokyam Sa Charar Charam Shaktihinam Jagat Sarvam Sabdi Dvipam Saparvatam. So while Shiva is in in grief first he's in grief and maybe and and now maybe in meditation closing his eyes ignoring the material world and we we mentioned a little bit last week that this could also mean since he didn't have shakti the the devi the goddess as his immediate companion as sati sati no longer the goddess is no longer in in a human form in in an accessible form to him the external form he decided to find, to meditate on her eternal form, right, as consciousness, right, her sorupa, right, mentioned in the last verse, right, and therefore he closed his eyes and went into and meditated internally in samadhi instead of opening his eyes and seeing it, or because she's not in the world, she's disappeared. Of course, she is in the world, and because and the next few verses will mention this, she has to be in the world, but she's not obvious, so. So, mean, so while that's happened, while Shiva's in meditating and, and Devi has withdrawn, so Shiva's not paying attention. He's meditating on, on the Supreme Devi as consciousness within. And Devi is no longer manifest as Sati. So she's disappeared, right? What would imagine that state for the rest. I mean, Shiva himself is in Samadhi and, 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 and secluded, ignoring the world and Devi's disappeared. What's going to happen to the world? The world's going to be in a very um, um, uh, dangerous and chaotic state, right? So it says, meanwhile, the three-tiered universe, all that is mobile and immobile, lost its auspicious charm when the entire world, which is oceans, continents, and mountains, was bereft of, uh, uh, of the... Um... I forgot the wrong verse here, hold on. Was, be, was bereft of energy, uh, bereft of Shakti. Shakti Hinam, it says, right? So let's look at this, what this, what this possibly, I mean, we, it's obviously what it means, but let's look at it a little deeper. As far as what is this, uh, uh, um, Trilokyam. Trilokyam means the three worlds. 
And that's something, okay, we'll, uh, uh, we'll go through the verse, verse by verse first. I have to get my rhythm here. Salbhagya, uh, salbhagya rahitam jatam. Salbhagya rahitam jatam. So all asp, this salbhagya, what's salbhagya? He translated it as loss is auspicious charm. Salbhagya means, actually we have somebody in our group here. One sadhu <laughs> has this in his name. Um, 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 uh, uh. Salbhagya means auspicious means auspiciousness. It also means like successful, success, auspicious, loveliness, charm, when some, you know, it has this, these layers of meaning. It's because in one sense, sh Shakti can't disappear, right? It says in the, uh, so, Sabhagya Rahitam, when Shakti, when Shakti, when Sati disappeared and therefore Sati seemed to have left the world it seemed, or what's really left, is Sabagya, the auspiciousness, this, this beauty and auspiciousness that she was in the world, that people could see her. Imagine if you're in a room and you literally can hang out with the goddess and see her and, and, and realize that makes everything meaningful. And if she's not there, obviously not there, even though she may theoretically be there as a principle, as a tatva, as truth, you know, existentially, it's not the same. You don't have, she's, her sabagya is missing, the, 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 the charm, the beauty, that which, the, the thing that gives things value and meaning and, and, and is this disappears. From what the three, the three um, um, uh, uh, trilokyam, this is the, the three-tiered universe. We, we, say she's, we say goddess is, is Tripura Sundari, the most beautiful in the three worlds. The three world is continuously repeated throughout. And of course, different texts say there's 14 worlds, there's 118 worlds, there's, a, you know, there's this listing is, is uh, according to different texts. This idea of the three world is clustering the many worlds into three main categories. Generally, when we say in the Gayatri Mantra, there's a, um, uh, uh, the Bij Mantra, the Gayatri, Bhur Bhuvaswaha. These are the three worlds. But even the Fro Gayatri doesn't have three worlds, it has seven worlds. Bhur Bhuvaswaha, Maha Janaha, Tapaha Janaha, you know, there's there's seven worlds mentioned, and you can go to 14 worlds, seven worlds above, seven worlds below, 118 worlds. In Kashmir Shaivism, they describe 118 worlds. And um, one time, one of our friends asked a great master, is Sami uh, Lakshmanju, uh, what's this 118 worlds? How do we know there's not more? So there may be more, but the great saints have only counted, have only seen, visited 118 of them. He himself said, actually, one the funny story, our friend George, a uh, disciple of Swami Lakshmanju, um, um, was late for, he brought him his tea, he would bring him his tea, and he says, you're late, you're 15 minutes late. He says, how do you know I'm 15 minutes late? Well, that's how long it takes me to circumambulate the 118 worlds. <laughs> so while you were gone, I did my parikram, I circum my pilgrimage around. So 118 is also an important number, like I said, 14. But but three is important because they rep it's representative. Sometimes we say A, B, C to mean A through Z, right? So, or, or, or here means earth, heaven, and the underworld of the netherworlds, right? Um, um, this is, so, in a sense, it's the underworld or the astral or um, ancestral realm, something like that, the earthly realm, and then the, the swadaloka, the heavenly realm. So, in this story and in these stories, these are the main worlds we're dealing with. We have the world, the earthly realm, where we are, right? Then we have the heavenly realms of the gods and the hellish realms of the demons, right? So that's the general structure of the three worlds here. 
when the Devi withdrew, the three worlds um, 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 uh, uh, lost their charm. And it says, sa chara charam, right? Sa with chara acharam. Chara means to move, achara means not moving, right? So it's this movable and immovable thing. So this is a very, very common thing, moving on movable things. Um, um, even the, we have a guru mantra that says the one who the guru is the one who lets us see the truth behind everything that's moving and unmoving, right? Or within everything that's moving and unmoving. So it's a code. I'll give you a key, right? Chara chara, moving and unmoving things means uh, jiv and jagat. Jiv means living things, and jagat means the material world, the universe. And so usually we have a, in, in, in Hindu theology, we have three things that have to be dealt with, right? You say, oh, like, like and how, the, what are they? How to relate to God? What's their reality? There's Ishwara, God, right? Or Brahman or Devi, Bhagavan, like that. So whatever the, the, the conception of the, of, the, of, of, of the source and substratum and cause. So Ishwara, and you have Jiva and Jagat, the, world, the living beings and the, and the, and the universe. So what is the relationship between you think? So this is, this is that term, uh, chara, uh, uh, the moving and unmovable things. Of course, when Devi withdrew, she couldn't really withdraw because if the Devi, which is life, withdraws from Jiva, then we have death, right? No living thing could be alive without Devi, without Shakti, right? And non-moving things also would cease to exist because she is existence. She is the existence of existent things. So non-moving things would cease to have a reality and living things would die. So saying that, that so they didn't really lose their Shakti, they lost their Sabagya, the charming aspect of Shakti, the obvious, the experiential, the beautiful, the blissful, the joy giving, right? And so we can also, the next verses will also show what happens, you know, we could also we, we're not actually bereft of our connection with God and the goddess. Impossible, right? Uh, she's here. I mean, if she wasn't here, we wouldn't be here. We'd cease to, we'd, if prana, with, if shakti disappeared, we'd, we'd, our dead body would fall to the ground. And if our shakti didn't disappear, the dead body would cease to exist. Nothing would exist without her. She's existence, the foundation, of it, the womb of existence, right? So it's important that, that, that what's withdrawn when sati died is sabagya the shakti as sabagya the lovely the obvious the charming right so what happened shakti hinam when when shakti withdrew what is that shakti can't really withdraw uh, uh, shakti hinam jagat sarvam um, sa abdihi dvipam sa parvata, parvatam that's what uh, so that means when she withdrew from jagat sarvam from this entire world the entire world, this jagat is there. Um, um, Sarvam, what is this world? He's being specific with its continent. Actually, it says uh, Sadvipa, uh, Dvipams, uh, um, let's see, uh, uh, Abdihi means ocean or seas or lakes. Uh, Dvipam means island, right? But here it means islands, but there's really big islands. When you're talking about the entire world, you're not talking about little islands. You're talking about continents, right? So dvipam also mean con means continents, right? So that's, I think he's translated as ocean with their continents and mountain and sa parvatam and mountains. So she with everything lost its charm, 
including the entire world uh, uh, of oceans, mountains, and, continent, and continents and mountains. And I think there's a play here. We were discussing this was our tea time discussion of, of, of um, this uh, play for uh, Parvat, because what's going to happen is who is the, the, I mean, not yet, but it's shortly the stories can be told about the Himalayas, the great mountain, the symbolic, the king of mountains, right? Um, and Shakti is going to be born as his daughter in the story. So the, the, so he's going to get, so Shakti is going to be born in the mountain as the daughter of the mountain, as Parvati. So I think here's a sub Parvat. Parvat is without Shakti. And so I think there's a little hint, a little poetic hint that in a few, at the end of the, of the Devi Gita, right? Shakti will agree the Supreme God is Bhuvaneshwari in this story, will agree to be born as, as Parvati to marry Shiva to accomplish what is required in these next few verses is going to be spelled out. So I think, I think it's, a, it's a hint because Shakti withdrew from, Parvat, from Parvat and now Shakti is going to be born in Parvat. And Parvat, this, this, the Himalaya, is also a symbol, is also, mean, also means Mandara mountain, the central mountain um, of the universe. Mandara mountain also means the body. The Mandar mountains, the top of the body, the Himalaya, the, 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 the Parvat is our body, Parvati, she who's within our body. In Tantra and Yoga, they use that type of um, images a lot, where she who comes out of the body, in the, in the, um, out of Parvati appears in the Chandi stories, and she, she comes out of a sheath, out of, out of the body, right, which, out of the mountain, which means has been understood esoterically by yogis and tantrics as kundalini, as a devi within our, the shakti within our body is, is kundalini. So I think there's a hint here that, that, when, that sh by being born as the daughter of Parvati, uh, of Parvat, of Himalaya, the, the mountain, that also means she's being born symbolically or personally, not just an ancient story, but in our life. We want her to be born in our body, in our consciousness, in our world, in our reality. So I think there's some hints here. So, but Shakti Hinam, so Shakti disappears, not really, because everybody would die and everything seeks to exist, but, but Shakti as Saubhagya disappears. So Shakti here, energy, that which, and, and, and Shakti means that which is auspicious, it means life, it means prosperity, it means fertility, it means success, it means satisfaction, it means happiness. So when Devi disappears, that means no energy, no auspiciousness, no real life, no prosperity, no health, no, uh, for, no, no fraternity or friendliness, no happiness, no success, no like this, you know? So it's a really bad situ situation. So this statement that when, that, that when Shakti disappeared, everything became inauspicious. In the previous chapters, Right, there's a story when Shakti was born as Sati, right? Remember, I told you the, the, previous, the immediate previous chapters about Sati. It describes the exact opposite. I don't have the verses in front of me, but I'm remembering the verses that the gods rejoice, right? Living things became happy. Moving and, move, and unmoving things began to be joy, sprouted in everybody. The gods uh, became uh, happy and prosperity. Uh, the rivers flowed and nature bloomed when, Parvati, when Sati was born. Right now, sati has disappeared. Sabagya disappeared. So everything has become inauspicious. Right. So let's verse on verse seven here. Ananda, 
Uh, uh, I'll read it from this side. I can read it better. Ananda Sukskatam Yataha Sarvesham Hridayantare Udasinaha Sarva Lokaschinta Jarjara Chetasaha. I think. Uh, so let's see his translation. Joy shriveled up in the hearts of each and every being. All people were despondent, their careworn spirits exhausted. Swami Vigyanananda, Thakur's disciple, translated. I'll just read his translation because it gives a flavor of some of these meanings. The hearts of all embodied beings became dried up without any trace of joy. They were all burdened with anxious thoughts and remained indifferent. And so we'll play with trying to understand what this indifferent idea is. Ananda shukshtatam. So ananda means joy, and shukshtatam means means to become dry, barren, empty, right? So another without joy, right? It dry. So I think he described shriveled up. I like this term shriveled up. When something dries up, it means if something dries up, it's not drying means some the liquid and moisture leaving. The effect of that is for the thing that's the moisture is leaving and becomes shriveled. So I think it's nice it puts the, 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 the description into what's the effect, it shrivels. Something drying is a cause, the effect is shriveled. I love, I like this, I like, I like this image very much. I mean, I don't like it, I don't wish anybody's joy to shrivel, but joy shriveled in the hearts of each and every being. Sarvesham hridaya antare, within sarve in everything, in every, uh, why, okay, yataha, because or since, why because the joy shriveled? This is what happened, and sarvesham everyone, hridaya antare inside everyone's heart, right? So this is also giving a hint what's really happening. When Devi disappeared, we the story Devi disappeared from the external world, but here the effect is that the our joy disappeared from within. So this is also giving a little bit of a psychological, moving the interpretation from just ancient mythological um, world creating events, you know, a mythic time of creation myth level uh, that happened in other, in before time and different ages and different lokas like that to something very psychological, right? That within us, within our own heart, within our own mind, we become, we can become, our joy can shrivel. Right. And, and also this, we can take this as a setup, right? If for, 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 for chance, your joy has shriveled in your heart, right? There may be a symptom. This may be the symptom, right? Let's see. Udasinaha sarva lokas chintaha. Udasinaha sarva lokaha chintaha jarjara chetasaha. Believe the words. So all sarva lokaha, all people. So everyone, all people. So the, several things are mentioned. One is Udasana. He translated Udasana, uh, Mackenzie Brown, as despondent, right? That's the word it's been. And Udasana has a wide variety of meanings, right? In Sami Vigyanananda, he uses the term, they remained indifferent. They remained indifferent. So we'll look at that. That's one. Uh, the, and you can see being indifferent and despondent are not identical, but they're, they're, they have a relation. We'll look into it. Um, um, and they become chintaha jarjara. Chintaha means to be is to be anxious, worried, 
right? Uh, uh, um, anxiety, a word is chinta, right? Uh, uh, uh. And jardara means, uh, we, we, were, we were looking at this, shabby, forlorn, careworn, right? And I think Swamiji, Swami Ambikananda, he, he liked this term like thrashed, right? This is kind of what it means. I, I sometimes, sometimes I, like, like, I guess like a swatted fly almost, you've just been beaten up, right? But what's beaten them up? Anxiety, the chin, the uh, the uh, uh, chintaha, right? Just beaten, beaten up. Anxiety. Of course, anxiety now is a major. Maybe it's always been with us, but now it seems to be a, a more uh, um, prevalent as a psychological struggle that many of us are going through. Many people go through through anxiety. So you can get beaten up and 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 and, and thrashed. It's a great word, thrashed, right? their mind, their consciousness, their awareness, right? It's so interesting because my, uh, 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 consciousness and awareness is pure and unsullied, actually, right? But because it's reflected on or through the instrument of the mind, if the mind is agitated, consciousness seems agitated, the awareness seems agitated, right? So for even though it may actually not be, it may be pure and, and unadulterated, un, um, uh, it that's not the experience. It experiences itself as agitated, right? And it says udasana. Udasana here, like it says, it means um, uh, he's translated as as despondent. When things are horrible and one is beaten up and one and 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 just full of anxiety, full of worry, right? One response, of course, you despond. You can because depressed, despondent, give up hope, right? But udasana, udasinata. Udasinata. Um, it also we it's like I, when I first read this. When I I mean I read the translation a long time ago, and, and oh I I can talk on that no problem. I understand the meaning. But then when I, when I, we began to analyze the Sanskrit, is udasana is such an interesting word to use because I like this word, right? Uh, there's a sampradaya a lineage called udasana sampradaya. They're the, the they're the descendants, the spiritual descendants of one of. The, uh, an ascetic yogi son of Guru Nanak, right? So connected to the Sikh tradition. He had a, uh, uh, several children became like sadhus and one of them was named Baba Srichand. And so his Sampradaya, either Sampradaya he started or the Sampradaya he joined and therefore has became the luminary of that Sampradaya um, is known as Udasanas, the Udasans. And, I had, and, and it's important to us because we have many friends in, the, in our sadhu world, in my sadhu world in India, at our Ash, Guru's Ashram in Allahabad, Prayag, uh, many of our sadhu friends are Udasans, right? We hang out with Udasans a lot, right? We like Udasans. And we go, we're, we're more likely to march with the Udasans to take our bath at Akumamela than with the, the, the Nagababas of our Akadas, right? Uh, they, their temperament suits us better and things like that. So we're friendly with them. Um, and, and there, the word Udasan means they're uninterested, right? They're, they're uh, unconcerned. Right, and that's different because there's another group of, of sadhus, of tapasvis, right, that in the Vaishnava Sampradaya coming from uh, Ramananda, uh, there's about six or seven different important lineages coming from Swami Ramananda, who's a, a great um, um, uh, Vaishnava ascetic reformer. Um, and one of them, they, they call them tyagis, or, and there's another sect called maha tyagis. And tyagi means renunciants, the renouncers, right? And so, so it means like they, they, they give things up. Mahatyagis, they really give things up. They're very austere, right? 
So that's that's an interesting, that's a powerful thing to like, no, I mean, just get the, you know, just throw it. I mean, they give it up, right? Forcibly give it up. And Udasan also gives it up, right? Not because they have to take it and push it away, because they're not interested, right? They're, they're, they've withdrawn their mind or they've lost interest. It's a loss, maybe the object that some have to push away or, or, uh, or most of us grab, <laughs> some push away they've are not that interested either they've outlived the the, the attraction um or or under by spiritual understanding or by a higher taste there's a beautiful verses in the bhagavad gita that describes like one attaining one may give up the object of the senses the senses can be withdrawn from the object of the senses that's kind of, of a tiagi type of, of of renunciation but still the taste still there right but when it when it's when it, when experience is a higher taste a, a, a higher experience then the lower taste lower things or other things lose their interest or draw that's udasan right but so this is not that right you know because that's a good quality to be unattached to be uninterested in worldly things that's a that's a sign of spirit that's a considered a spiritual sign those who are trying to do you know connecting verses you can look in the bhagavad gita verse and chapter 12 verse 16 there is there is the udasana verse right that we we um um I'll read the uh, uh, I'll read the English because my tongue's gonna get tied right now. He who is free from want, pure, expert, unconcerned, and free from pain, renouncing all undertakings and commencements, he he who is thus devoted to me is dear to me. This is a series where Lord Krishna says, "Such as who is dear to me." It's a beautiful uh, poetic um, litany. One who is like this, that person is especially dear to me. Well, everyone's dear to me. I love, I'm equal to everybody. But some people, certain types of people are extremely dear to me, right? Even though I'm equal to everybody, some people are dear to me. And so this is one verse, right? So what are the qualities? He was free from want, who is pure, it says, anapekshaha, suchihi, pure, daksha, expert, udasino, unconcerned, katov, yataha, and free from pain. Right, so one who does not suffer in pain, right? Who has no pain, no cons uh, 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 who's expert at everything, who's pure, who's uh, uh, free from want. That person, as a, as a, another quality of this list of divine qualities, right, is unconcerned, un unattached, unmotivated by by by. But so that's udasana. So. The three worlds, all living beings, and all that after joy has shriveled in their hearts and they've been and they're thrashed by anxiety, they're also unconcerned, can also be unconcerned. It's obviously not the same thing. It looks, it may look the same. Somebody who's not motivated to to with anything in the world, right, could be so because they're they've they've outlived it or they have something higher or they're just not interested or something like this or or a, a higher. Um, a deeper perception, right? Or it could be things are so bad, and I'm suffering so much. I just I just give up, right? I'm not interested. I'm not I'm not even going to gauge. And so maybe in our, in our update, we can update this with almost like depression, a lack of motivation, like that because of suffering. And that's a very legitimate response. I mean, somewhat so. It's mentioned here in the scriptures, like when joy shrivels up and every and just full of worry. You can just become un unmotivated. Here he says, uh, um, um, despondent, or just unattached and un uninterested. Uh, uh. 
So that's that verse, if you want to look it up, it's like uh, chapter 12, verse 16. It's a very beautiful verse. Um, in discussion, this, 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 this term, Udasana, has been in, since we were working on it a couple weeks ago. So I mean, we can under myself have been, have been, we've had many conversations. This has been, we've come back to this again and again, because we love this term, right? And, and, um, uh, 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 and we love that verse in the Bhagavad Gita, and we love Udasins and just really thinking about it, because it, it looks, this type of Udasana, Donasanata, can look just like the, the divine quality of Udasana, Udasanata, right? But there is a huge difference, right? And the, the, the Swami Yamikananda reminded us of a beautiful image given by Swami Shivananda Saraswati from the Divine Life Society, that if you take a, 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 a what is it, a top, a, a top and spin it, like a dreidel or something, you know, like, a, 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 like that, if it's, if, it, if you take a, a top and you, and you don't do anything to it, it's just sitting on the ground, it's not moving. That is, tam, uh, it looks very, it's tamasic, it's just not moving, it's inert. But if it's spinning perfectly, it's spinning so quickly, you don't see it move. It looks, looks like it's still, right? But it, is that, it's not tamasic, right? So he says that's the difference between sattva and tamas, it can look the same. It's so equipoise, it's not, it's not unbalanced and passionate like Rajaguna, it's, but to be sattvic requires so much attention, so much balance, so much refinement for the sattva-guna, where tamas-guna is just stopped and laying on the side. To the outsider, it may look, to the external eye, it may look the same. So depression and renunciation or unattachment may look the same, but they're not the same thing. They're very different, right? With this, uh, um, we were talking, uh, uh, about the three, type of, oh, the three types of vision, I think. Yeah. That's an interesting point also, Samaji mentioned, that uh, uh, kind of discussing different verses in Bhagavad Gita, it says like there's different visions in the tamasic vision, which I think most of our, our listeners here today are in our group know the term tat, sattva, rajas, and, and, and sattva. Um, uh, the, in a, in a, a sattvic vision, it's hard to listen. Let's give some... Some choose some definitions just for the sake of discussion. Sattvic vision is is although seeming to see the many, one sees the one. Let's just use that as a way of concentration, like about concentration, right? And a, a rajat vision is to see many, to see many many things, right? In a certain sense, seeing many instead of the one, not seeing the big picture or the essential. See many, you're distracted. That's a vision that's rajasic. A vision that's uh, 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 tamasic, uh, sattvic is to see either see the whole or to see the essence, see the one or the many. And then the tamasic vision, someone just mentioned, is, is seeing only one thing. Like what is it, like a myoptic, myopic vision, obsessed with one thing. That's not the same as seeing the one. Seeing only one thing is not the same as seeing the one, right? So in the same way or in a similar way, uh, 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 being unattached and unmotivated is not the same as due to depression right, uh, is not the same as, as, uh, as being unmotivated and renounced or unattached um, on, um, um, because of, 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 of a profound spiritual understanding and maturity. We'll leave it at that. Uh, so all people were udasana, despondent, their careworn spirits exhausted, right? Not bad. Or oh, very bad, sorry. It is very bad. <laughs> Don't do that, <laughs> right? 
But why? Because Shakti, the Sabagya Shakti, Shakti as Sabagya, the Shakti was no longer obvious. So we were not, I'm not qualified, I'm not by temperament and by training and qualification, I, I'm not qualified to give any psychological uh, advice and perspective or, or, or analysis, right? But this verse may be showing that, that the, sign, the, the cause, one of a spiritual cause, right? There may be very specific real world causes, but a spiritual behind the scene cause of, of, of depression and, and anxiety like that is not seeing um, the one, the auspicious one in, the, in, 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 our, in our life and in our world, in living and non-living things, and therefore not having joy in the heart. And that is called, we could perhaps say that. So therefore a joyless heart, right, uh, is means in this verse, a joyless heart and thus the um, uh, accompanying anxiety, thrashed by anxiety and, and uh, detachment or like this, right, uh, is a means bereft of, not of Shakti, but of Devi, right? Of, of we, we're, when, we're, when, we've, when we're not conscious, these, it's a symptom of joyless heart means no Devi, right? So more joy, more Devi. We have, this is a, have to, this is real simple, maybe overly simplified, but that's what this, they, they don't have Devi, they're suffering. What's going to happen? They're going to get Devi and their suffering will come to an end. I'm just giving the whole thing away. Not only the Devi Gita away, I'm giving the big picture away, <laughs> the whole thing, right? The real, the real Devi Bhagavatam is life, 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 the universe, and everything, right? Uh, uh, uh. And therefore, anxieties, dejection, etc., are symptoms of the lack of, of, of this Devi. Let's 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 see how we get her back. Uh, verse. I think I skipped the verse. Verse eight. Sada duko dadho magna roga grastas tada bhavan bhavan grahanam devat devatan grahanam devatan devatanam cha vaipari tiani tiena vartanam sada dukkha dadho magna Sada dukkha dadho magna. This is one term. This is these three words come together. These four words come together. Sada always, ever, right? Dukkha suffering. Dadho. It means placed, but the idea of placed in like a, like you, like you put something in water or something like that. You know, placed, plunged, something like that. Placed like that. And then um, magna means immersed, engrossed, plunged, this combination like that. So it means ever drowning or plunged or, 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 or uh, in, in, in the sea, the ocean of suffering. Then ever drowning in the sea of misery is the translation we have here, right? Right. Roga grastaha tada bhavan. Roga means disease, right? So. Dukkha means suffering in general, and roga means disease, right? And grasta, uh, tormented, absorbed, consumed, right? Right? Tada bhavan. They became, uh, who became those whose, whose hearts shriveled, joy disappeared. They were full of anxiety and lack of, lack of interest in anything. They were always suffering 
and an ocean drowning in an ocean or, or sea of suffering and consumed by, tormented by, is I think a better term, by disease, right? We'll, we'll just do this half first and then we'll move on to the second, the second part because drowning in sorrow and disease. So that's another way of saying that is drowning in sorrow and disease, right? They're drowning so that you could, they're consumed by disease and drowning in misery, that's drowning in suffering disease. So that again, being careful not to overstep our, our profession, right? But as this, as per this verse, our suffering, if we're suffering and our disease, these are symptomatic of the lack of salbagya, right? Of this, of the of Devi's direct presence. And we find in the, in the Chandi, we read this verse in the Devi Mahatmyam in, in our a couple of classes ago, um, in, our, in our Hindu goddess class, we're talking about the Chandi, um, that uh, the, one of the first things that, that Meda says when asked about who is this Mahamaya, Right and, and no no. Well, the first part of the uh, Brahma uh, in in the Brahma Suti, Brahma's prayers, it says that you are an, an in in the heart. In that prayer, yeah, I think so, or, or the second. Anyway, one of the hymns. I'm I'm getting the verses uh, jumbled in my head, but the meaning I know. It says you you are you are joy and auspiciousness and health and prosperity in the homes of the good and the righteous and the pious. And you are suffering disease and poverty in the horse of the house of the wicked. We can overdo this. We know there's many causes of joy, many causes of wickedness, and many causes of, of poverty. And sometimes we can we, we don't want to um, bypass uh, the fact that some people are poor because people make them poor and things like that. We're talking big picture karmic, larger principles than 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 the details of how we live our life and how badly some of us live with each other. That could be causes of suffering and disease and poverty like this. But still, sabagya equals Devi's presence, felt presence, embodied presence, as sati, right? As truth, satya also means truth, and again, sati also means truth, important to remember, is health, is that represents health and beauty and life and, 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 and auspiciousness and joy. And when she withdraws, suffering, disease, like this, right? Then it says, Grahanam Devatanam Cha. Then the term is Vaiparityena, reversed, right? So, Grahanam means planets, the planets, and Devata. Devatanam is um, uh, the gods, right? So, gods and, and planets are reversed, right? There's several mantras. We know that in the Devi, in, in for Kali, there's this, this term, this Vaiparityena, uh, is we, we, we're familiar with this term is backwards. Everything is op opposite, right? Reverse, right? So when planets are reversed, this has always been, I've seen four or five translations of this verse, and it always refers to in retrograde, right? So I think she says retrograded ominously. It doesn't directly say that. It simply says they went, they're reversed. What, their normal course or their normal, uh, so, and of course, metro, what, what meant, uh, if you don't know, in, in, in astronomy uh, and, and astrology, uh, a planet in its, in its um, elliptical, planets are, are moving at different speeds, and, and from our perspective, sometime a planet will seem, from, from, from our perspective, to move backwards on its course. So a planet can move forward, and then from our perspective, due to all the things moving, 
the, the planet will seem to move backward. That's called retrograde. Many of you heard, oh, uh, what is it? Mercury is in retrograde when communication and electronics go bad and like that. You can blame it on Mercury in retrograde. That's believed to be that, that, that. And so ancient, in Hindu astrology and Jyotish, they understood what a retrograde meant. They knew, there's evidence that they knew of the, of the way the planets were, that they were circular, they're spherical, they're moving around the sun at different times. And so they understood, seems to be from evidence I've seen, this is not my, my, my specialty, but um, they understood the idea of retrograde. But imagine if you didn't, and, and some forms of astrology maybe didn't, right? Uh, uh, astronomy, early astronomy didn't. And so when you see everything's moving perfectly in this incredible patterns, you're watching patterns, predictable patterns, and all of a sudden a planet starts moving the other direction. Well, that can't be good. That's very, and so there, and, and so astrologically, that's considered a really inauspicious omen, right? When a planet moves retrogrades, right? So, <clears throat> so it could have been, I mean, if we put it in historical, maybe at a certain point, maybe we can find out which planets were, retro, were, were moving retrograde and, and, and date this text. I don't think enough information is given for that and maybe not meant to be taken in that way, right? But, but planets moving backwards, and sometimes maybe planets didn't move backwards. Think what this, think what the feeling what this is, when everything goes wrong, right? And, and everything gets lost, and everything looks inauspicious. Everything, everything is against you, right? You look up, the stars are bad. Uh, I mean, I'm, uh, uh, Swami Ramatirita, one of the great Swamis that came to this country, Actually, also, I'm not going to tell you where I am, but he came to this country too, I think. But he came to America in 1903, 1904, like that, a very uh, hero of our line. Um, uh, but he one time says that when you're living to truth and you're connected and you're conscious of your Godhead and, and you're devoted to truth and to God and, 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 and you're like this and yourself, then he says, everything's for you. And he would go into these ecstatic raptures. He says like, like he, 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 he was so identified that with the God within him, that everything was serving him, not just him personally, but the, the Godhead in him, not just not Ramatirtha, uh, Rama, the one who is in this person called Ramatirtha is Rama himself, right? And he says, like, if it could rain, ah, the clouds have come to bathe, to do Abhishekam of me. And the wind has come to dry, to dry him afterward. You know, it's like he saw, and imagine that state where everything was for you. Everything was every detail, ah, a bird has come to entertain me, right? You know, like maybe the bird is just there and it's just raining, but with that, when you're so attuned to divinity, you see everything divinely, right? Then he says that when, you, when, you're, when you're doing wrong and you know you're doing wrong and you're being untruthful and impure and unhonest and selfish, everything goes against you. It says like, it seems like every blade of grass stands up to poke you to stop you from your path, right? It seems like every, and all that's changed is your attitude and your intention, right? And when, when, when things are bad, everything looks bad, right? And I am Swami Swahananda, who's a previous head at the, uh, of the Ramakrishna Center, Ramakrishna Mission Center in Hollywood. I, I haven't heard him speak many, many times, but he, when I was in high school, I heard him speak. And he mentioned, everything is in the mind. He says, if you give a child, a little child is in a good mood and you slap, his face, he laughs or she laughs. If a child's in a bad mood, you give him candy, he cries or she cries, right? Everything is in the, in the like that. So it's like, 
at a certain point, everything looks bad. The planets seem to be going, but maybe they're moving backward. Maybe it's actual sign of some horrible thing when Shakti disappears, but, or it's just, everything looks bad. Everything is against you. And it says, and then the, the, the gods also went backwards. So that's how he put it. The fortunes of the gods decline because the gods, their nature is to have sabagya on their side, right? This is ref. I believe it's a reference to a very early story. It's also told in the Devi Bhagavatam, so it's not not unreasonable to connect it to, of uh, when, <clears throat> and in the and in Shrima Bhagavatam also the same story is there, slightly different, told slightly, little different details, that Lakshmi, the Devi, as auspiciousness, she originally lived in heaven with Indra, right? And when she lived in heaven with Indra. Right, the gods prospered because she's luck, she's success, she's auspiciousness. But then Indra, due to some, Indra often gets into some trouble because being king of the gods and lord of heaven, it's easy to get egotistical. And Durvasa gave him a garland from Lord Vishnu, and he disrespected the garland. And Durvasa, being an angry sage, if you don't know who he is, he's all you need to know he's an angry sage, and who easily curses people. But a curse of a sage always does good ultimately. Right. So he cursed him May, and he says, may Shri leave you. Shri is another name for Lakshmi, another name for Sabagya, which means Lakshmi left um, uh, uh, the gods, heaven, left Indra, which another was saying favor, luck, fortune left them. Right. In which case they became unlucky and their antithesis, their enemies, their counterparts, the Asuras, Suras and Asuras, the gods and the demons, the demons began to move up because Lakshmi left the realm of the gods and therefore the demons easily came up and they lost their position. And there's a whole thing of the turn of the ocean, that whole story of Shiva drinking the poison that comes from that scene. But it's a very similar thing that when the, the when it says the fortune of the gods decline, the gods nature is to have sabagya, to have fortune on their side. That's what they're, they're auspicious and they, they do, they keep everything moving auspiciously, but they lost, they became inauspicious. They lost their power. They lost their strength. They lost their nerve. They lost their position, right? Just like the planets look bad, the nature, the heavens, everything looked bad. Everything was bad, right? <clears throat> then ever drowned in a sea of misery, they were consumed by disease. The planets retrograded ominously, the fortune of the gods declined. <clears throat> Again, before moving to the next verse, drowning in an ocean of, of disease is a symptom of this withdrawal of Shakti or loss of Shakti. So next verse. Adibau Aud this have to have to excuse me, there's a lot of the Devi Bhagavatam has Devi Gita, Devi Bhagavatam has a lot of long run on words because of Sunday. <clears throat> I'll pull it apart. I can't pronounce that in one in grows. So I have to pull it apart. Adi bauta, adi daivanam, right? And so it means, means uh, adi bauta means material, right? And dealing with material things, concerning material things. And adi, da, ad, ad, adi daivanam means con spiritual or concerning spiritual things, right? So, it says, King, kings too suffered misfortune due to the material and spiritual forces set in motion by the deaths of Sati, right? So material, the material in the material world, material causes, as well as deeper spiritual causes, 
right? Like the loss of the gods' power and the planets like this, right? Um, um, uh, the the kings began to lose their 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 um, uh, nripa. They weren't uh, nripa bhavan, nripa abhavan. They the kings became um, 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 uh, 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 they they lost. They became mis they lost their fortune. Just like the gods, everything became misfortune. So kings who suffered misfortune. <clears throat> In the Aparajita Stuti, I think Aparajita Stuti of the Devi of the Devi Mahatmyam, that Yadevi Sarvabhuteshu Vishnu Maya Subsida that those verses. The one of the opening setup verses, I don't think I wrote it down here. I don't think I did. Um, but it said uh, um, uh, 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 it says, You are the fortune and misfortune of kings. It's in the first three or four verses of that of Aparajasastuti, if you want to look it up. You are the you, O Devi, are the fortune and misfortune of kings. Here she is the misfortune, her with so let's let's put the two together. Her presence is a fortune of kings, her withdrawal is a misfortune of kings. Right? Um, um, and kings, of course, you know, too much focus on, on on one person, but kings represent the kingdom, or you know, and to use this term. And it means the people. So when a, a king's fortune, when a king uh, thrives, the people thrive. And the kings are, are you know, this is the idea, especially in the old world, is very much consider, considered like this. Actually, in South India, most of these very ancient, beautiful Shiva temples, from the Shaiva Siddhanta tradition, based upon the Kamika Agamas like that, these beautiful temples, I think we mentioned this a few days ago in our, one of our other classes, that... Um, uh, that the purpose of the of the pujas are are the purpose of all these elaborate rites. Their primary purpose is that the king should stay successful, because a, a, a successful king means peace in the land, and prosperity in the land, and safety in the land. We could push back against now, of course. You know, we have there's there's more than one way to run a world and a government. You know, and 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 uh, to organize ourselves, right? But yeah. Uh, um, um, uh, 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 but the, 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 so when kings suffered, everyone suffered, everyone uh, declined. Right. Like both, both yeah. lines of this verse remind me in, um, in the Arthurian mm -hmm. legend, when King Arthur dies, it describes how the entire kingdom, the trees start wilting. River Can you hear somebody? His microphone's not on. You're going to hear my. So I'll tell the stuff. It says in the Arthurian legend, when King Arthur dies, right, the trees wilt, right, and and everything becomes you know the something whole, like whole that. The whole land dries up because he is right? the kingdom. Because the king is the kingdom, right, and so that's not our normal way of thinking of, but that that is a very uh, Indic Hindu way of understanding. The king is the kingdom. When the king suffers, the, the the kingdom also the kingdom also suffers like that, and and actually many of ancient right throughout most of the ancient world, right part of the replenishing and bringing prosperity and fertility to the land usually involved the king doing things to represent prosperity to the land like this the king uh, tilling the first planting the first rice because the king you know and like this so there's there's a lot of ancient themes in this, but kings lost their fortune, they also suffered fortune due to material. The material world, material things going bad and spiritual things going bad. This term, Adibautic uh, Adi Adi and Adidaivanam, right? Material and spiritual, you may have, maybe you're familiar with these, 
you'll find this term used throughout uh, the, the, the Puranic literature. Mahabharata, throughout the Mahabharata, it's a very common term. These common terms also mention the Bhagavad Gita and revealing like, like an example of this is like, like suffering can cause, can come from three sources. This is a, very often is how people remember these two terms, these three terms. Right, for instance, the Adidaivika Klesha, Adidaivika meaning concerning uh, divine things, spiritual here, spiritual, spiritual things, means, and so when we suffer, sometimes we suffer due to the gods. So then how we say that by natural catastrophe, by famine, big things, earthquake, things are by fate, by the gods, right? Some spiritual thing we can't fully understand. Then Adibautika Klesha, suffering caused by other living beings and adhyatmika caused by our own uh, self, our own psychology and things like that, right? But so we, these terms you'll find uh, throughout. But here it says, king suffered misfortune due to material and spiritual forces set in motion by sati's death specifically, right? Death, of course, Sati in the story died, but Sati can't die because she, so what does Sati mean? So Sati's death, let's, let's put an, like an equation. Sati's death means no, no Sati, right? Not actual, but like the, the, the non-existence uh, in somebody's life. And so we have to understand a little bit of the, the uh, etymologically what, this, what Sati means. Satya Tvat, it is Sati. Satya twat is sati. Sati is she who is the nature of truth, right? So of course, sati here means we, we, we shakti and energy and auspiciousness like that. But let's pull it back even at a more profound psychological and philosophical level. Truth is sati, satya, comes to satya, right? Satya tat iti sati. Sati is satya twat, that which is the nature of satya, truthfulness. Truth meaning meaning a couple of different ways. Truth means that what is, right? But also means truthfulness, right? When somebody speaks the truth, when they're being truthful, means they're speaking what is. So it means what is, and us aligning and affirming and living and speaking the truth, right? So I I, I mean, there's commentary along these these lines also to, the, to other places of the story that Sati's disappearance is when kings when the world loses its focus on truth. And this is also a symptom of various ages, right? And so Sri Ramakrishna said that Satya is the austerity of Kali Yuga, right? In the opening scenes of the Srimad Bhagavatam, the Vaishnava text, there's a, a very powerful scene where um, uh, uh, King, uh, King, I think King Parikshit is, who's a part of the story too, um, goes on a roundabout to see the known world, to see what's happening in his kingdom, because he sees things a little bit weird, right? A few weird symptoms of, uh, that are happening in his kingdom. So he said, maybe when Krishna left his body, when Krishna withdrew his physical presence, um, maybe um, just like Krishna disappearing, things got bad here, Sati disappearing, things got bad. Maybe, maybe Kali Yuga started. And he notices, so he goes around, and he sees a horrendous sight where the demon Kali is beating a, 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 a cow and a bull. The cow, then the story stops and it gives a little commentary, it gives an interpretive commentary. 
in the story itself, in the original verses, that the cow is Mother Earth and the bull is Dharma. And the bull of Dharma, of righteousness, of religion, of religiosity, of duty, is on four legs. And if I get these right, if I, if I don't get it right, please forgive me, as, is, as one of them is Satya, honesty, then is Saucha, purity, then is um, um, uh, 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 um, compassion, karuna, and I'm missing one, honesty, purity, um, this is bad, it's only four. Uh, austerity. Uh, austerity, tapasya, austerity, right, self-control. These, so these four legs of the, of the bull, all right, represent the four pillars of dharma, right? Purity, or cleanliness, honesty, austerity, self-control, and compassion, right? And he says that in the story, the demon Kali, who's the personification of the Kali Yuga, right, had broken the legs of three, three legs, right? So purity was gone, uh, uh, austerity was gone, and compassion was gone, right? But the one leg was tottering, and that was honesty or truthfulness, right? And we lie and everyone's lying to each other. But we, the reason we are so upset when we catch somebody lying to us, right? Our, our, our dear, dearest friend or our, our, our leaders and religious and political leaders is because we assume we expect the truth. Maybe we shouldn't, but we, sh we should. We should expect the truth, right? It's, it's a given, even though it's, we're, it's breaking. And so as long as you hold on to truth, Dharma, it's the last leg of Dharma, right? So here, perhaps kings, maybe leaders themselves have given up truth. Sati has died, has gone, has disappeared from the lives of kings. Alex is asking if does the death of Sati represent the breaking of the fourth leg? So uh, the question Alex asks is, what does the death of Sati represent the breaking of the fourth leg? Where, of course, the breaking of the fourth leg is a different story, but yes, this is a, I think this is one way, and I'm not the only one who said this, this is, this is in the commentaries um, on and other ver as far as I know, the commentary on Devi Gita doesn't mention that specifically. Maybe it does, because I think it points out this uh, Satya Twat, that Sati means a, a nature of truth. But, um, but I know in other versions which have been comment on it, commentated, comment, more commentaries, I mean, like on the Srimabhagavatam, where the story of Sati is also told, uh, ancient commentators have mentioned that this means a break of when you lose truth, right? And both by as a as a divine quality in the human personality to hold on to truth and be truthful right but also when you lose truth and when you don't know what's what you lose the ascent we no longer see the truth what to speak of not trying to be truthful we no longer see the reality right when we don't when you don't see the reality then everything goes bad right you can't even you can't be truthful if you don't know the truth right so both the both ontological truth as well as the personal commitment to speaking the truth and doing the truth and being truthful. So Mr. Ramakrishna really emphasized truth is the austerity of this age. He quoted a very favorite quote of his of Tulsidas Goswami from the, I think it's in the, in the, in his Ramayana, but it may be in another, he wrote some other uh, poems also, but I think it's in his, his in, in, the, uh, in his version of Ramayana where he says, um, if you hold on, if holding on, if speaking only the truth, and then treating other men's wives, from the man's perspective, other men's wives as mother, seeing other men's wives as mother, mean not lustfully, right, does not get you liberation. If, if 
speaking the truth and seeing other people purely. Let's make a general principle. The story, the, the verses seeing an other man's wife as mother rather than as object of lust, right? If these two, two things are not sufficient to get you liberation, then let the entire world know that Tulsidas is a liar. He based his entire reputation on this one verse. You can throw away, stop chanting Hanuman Chalisa, stop reading Ramayana, his version and his songs like that. He bases everything. These two things, a pure, a pure vision, and both of these are sati, right? To see women purely or to see each other purely, to, to expand the, the concept, right? And to, and without lust, right? Uh, uh, without selfish lust, right? And, and, um, uh, and, and to speak the truth. If that doesn't get us heaven, that doesn't get us liberation, nothing's going to get us heaven. Then we, we give up these ideas where we're, we're, in, we're in a fantasy world. We should just uh, get, a, get I, I'll have to get a real job. I'm just telling you <laughs> that happened. Hmm. Yes, Tommy? Does this introduction then represent the previous Kali Yuga? Question is, does this introduction represent a previous Kali Yuga? It might, it could be another, uh, I have to, I have to see, because then you have to look at the, the Devi Bhagavatam and, and this category of texts and, and the myth, the, the cycles of myth really meta, meta, metally, broadly. And I, I can't, I don't, I can't keep all the, the Devi Bhagavatam is so complicated that I, I haven't, I can't see the big picture just now, but it's an interesting idea. It may represent the cause of a, of a, of a, of a because actually it's a little different. I, 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 in Kali Yuga happens on earth, right? And this is, although I mentioned the three worlds and kings become inauspicious and lose their, but the core of the story is going to happen. It's being talked about the heavenly realms, right? So it's a little bit, and it, I'll think about this and, and get, get, I have to look at the, 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 the cycle of the, the, the cycle of myth being told here, the non-pejorative use of the term myth, right? So kings too suffered misfortune due to material and spiritual forces set in motion by the death of Sati, right? Uh, Okay, yeah, I'll go I'll, with the second half of the verse at least. <laughs> uh, so, what does it say? I'll look at Ata asmin. Ata asmin neva. What is it? Ata asmin neva kaletu tara kakyo mahasuraha. Ata asmin eva. Then something happened. Asmin, this happened. Eva. Kali, at this time, when, when did it, what something, something bad's about to happen, right? At this time, in other words, by here at this time is because of this, another way you can think of it, right? When the planets are retrograding, the gods have lost their power, joy has shriveled in the hearts of humans, right? Everyone sees, everybody is thrashed and beaten up by anxiety. Everybody's lost their their gumption and their joy and their motivation and, and 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 life. The kings have lost their fortune, both materially and spiritually. Sati is gone because of this. When such a situation comes, right? If that's the stage, nothing good. I mean, eventually something good comes. We always say, "Oh, something good always comes out of this." Something good eventually does come out of this, right? But the immediate, some, when things look really bad. You have to think what's coming, right? What's brewing, right? You know, in such an environment, something nasty can come up, right? Because we're at our lowest, we're at our spiritual weakest, we're at our least conscious, 
our least loving, our least joyful, our least communal. You can start putting all these terms into it, right? So now at this time, there arose, right, a great demon, Mahasuraha, Mahasura, named Taraka, right? So at this time, when everything was at its darkest, a demon was born and a demon arose, right? We can, we can see this, you know, when people, when we see, when we see our, even our friends and devotees and friends suffering and all these like that, and you, you often wonder, you worry, like, I hope, you know, it's like something, they're weak and they're down, right? And they don't have support and they don't see support. And you think, what's going to happen? What's coming, right? And so sometimes bad things can happen in such a situation and it can come from many sources. Sometimes because we're not paying attention and we're self-absorbed or self uh, uh, lack of uh, attention, lack of, uh, we can, they can, they can literally be um, uh, uh, we, external things take advantage of us or, or we're not paying attention and, and we don't like realize there's been a flood coming or a fire is coming. We can not pay attention because we don't have the mental energy and, and, and the mood to do so. And we can, but sometimes also, and people can be also great, monstrous people can take advantage of people when they're down right and and so the demons could also be like there's people who behave like demons right and and uh, and but also sometimes lower things can come up right our lower inclination or unrefined aspects or lust anger greed jealousy hatred pride these are the classic uh internal demons that are given right delusion um, selfishness, all these things can come up as personal demons, or externally, it could be uh, uh, great, uh, selfish, cruel, despotic people. And we see this, I mean, we, we're watching this in real life right now, unfortunately, right? Right. Um, um, uh, there can be real external uh, 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 um, negative forces, and, 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 but as well as, or independent of, or similarly, we can also have internal demons. So the demons that come up in these stories, we go with demon tales in a certain senses, and a common theme between in the Chandi and the Devi Mahatman, there's all these important stories where demons have come up, right? The gods have got complacent, they lost their Sri, the demons have come up, taken control, kicked the gods out of heaven, they lost it. So this is the same story told, it's a different version of the same type of story, not the same story, it's a different story, but the same type of story. Again and again, the gods lose their place, right? A demon comes up, and usually what happens, the demon comes up and gets, gets, becomes really strong. He, gets, he takes over hell and becomes the main demon, right? Then he takes, humans are easy, being easy to, get, to overcome human, humans, right? And then gets enough strength and maybe a few boons under his belt, and he can attack heaven and get, and get rid of the gods. And all of a sudden you have a demon who may be a minor insignificant energy, something in, in, in psychologically or externally. It's sort of, and how did that person or, or, that, or that tendency or that thought or something get so powerful that it seems to take over everything, right? So such demons in such moments, such demons in, in moments of great suffering caused by loss of that sacred, the withdrawal of the embodied sacred being, Right, uh, uh, great uh, calamities 
personified can come up internally as well as externally. Let's see what time it is now. It's eight o'clock, right? It's eight twenty. Okay, we'll, just, we'll stop there. Um, so I will, I will mention that that this story, the story, what the story of Tadaka will next week we'll tell the story of Tadaka a little bit more. But we don't have to tell the story too much because in this text it's barely told. I want you to know it, know it, right? Because it's told in one and a half verses, right? The whole story of Tadaka. And he has a long backstory and how he got a boon and what the. You know, so we'll get the, 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 the way it's told is almost sufficient. You could read the next couple of verses of the boon that he got, uh, that he only be killed by the son of Shiva, and we'll understand what that means. But it's, it's, it's told as a very quick bridge um, to the main, to justify the gods doing tapasya in the, in the Himalayas, the Devi appearing as this great light. That's just remember the first question of the whole First verses, what happened about when this great light appeared, right? And then, then, and then that great light will take a, a the form of Bhuvaneshwari, and then will teach the Devi Gita. So it's it's this little moment of Tadaka Sutta told in one and a half verses will get us really quickly, hopefully, to the to the main theme or the main story that's going to be told. So we'll leave it at that uh, on this holy day of Shitala uh, Saptami. Um, uh, uh, thank you for your kind attention. Jai Sri Guru Maharaji Ki Jai, Jai Mahamai Ki Jai, Jai Swamiji Maharaji Ki Jai, Jai Ma Dakshinishri Bhavatarni Dakshinakadi Ki Jai, Jai Devi Bhuvaneshri Ki Jai, Jai Shitala Devi Ki Jai. Are there any questions or comments before? Ashley. Ashley. Ashley is asking, what does Tadaka mean? Yeah, so you probably did, she probably did. The fact that she said demon, star, or literally 20 minutes before we turned on the computer, we were looking up like, what is it? Tadaka, I mean, Tadaka means star. That's what Tadaka means, right? Tadaka means like a, but, and there's a story, that's what I was, uh, maybe I don't know how much to go into because she doesn't go much into it, into the story of who Tadaka's parents are, who his brother, who his brothers are. We'll tell the story, but what is, his name is not necessarily an auspicious. You came up, you mentioned a few things other than that, you said besides star. Um, yeah, we, I, I, it was part of our conversation and we rushed, rushed down to, the, to this uh, house. Rescuing, liberating. So, oh, so, oh yeah, so some, uh, uh, Tadaka also means to rescue or to liberate. The word Tada comes from it. Tada, goddess Tada is, is both, both star and what, that which crosses and liberates and frees us, right? So it's interesting that Tadaka, Tadaka is one who liberates uh, um, but here referring to a demon, so we'll we'll also in like in a sense like like babatarini or like a deliverer. Yeah. Deliverer. So even the name like the 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 kali at Dakshinishwar is babatarini, one who delivers one from fear and from rebirth like this. So that tarini is there. So we'll we'll investigate a little more as we tell the story uh, of, of of the demon Tadaka. Maybe a little bit of the meaning will come. Right. I've not heard, I've not seen just like, oh, Tada, he's named Tadaka because he's named because of one of these, like, like a, like a, a, a direct reason he's called. Uh, he's, he's told, I mean, his story is told in Mahabharata. Maybe I can look in other texts, right, where maybe why he got, was given that name. There's other texts. His story is told in Skanda Purana. Right, it's only ninety-six thousand verses, so it's a little bit. Uh, maybe I can look it up. <laughs> right, <laughs> Mahabharata is a hundred thousand verses. Uh, Skanda Purana is, is like ninety-six thousand verses, right? But 
the story would, would be there. Maybe it's told uh, right off. Be like, yeah, so Tata means to cross, right? Yeah, but that's how does it relate to it? But what are the mean? But my question is, why is it the name of a demon? Yeah, so what it means, I know. What is, what is the name of the mean? Why is it the demon named Tataka? That's a mystery to me. But maybe it's there. Boom. Any other? Anybody, if you want, you can unmute yourself and ask directly. I have to look at. What is the. Let me go. What is it? Sorry. What is the meaning of Mahasati performing yo uh, yoga yagna? Oh, yoga yagna, uh, yeah. Oh, so the question is, is Ellen that? Hmm? Uh, Ellen Carolyn. Okay. Car oh, Carolyn, you're asking, uh, what is the meaning of Sati performing yoga yagna? Yoga yagna? Yeah, like why did she decide to consume yeah. herself with fire? I mean, maybe not yeah. why, but there could have been yeah. so many. Is there some significance behind that? So one of the questions, actually, Ellen asked. Yeah, Ellen asked this question. Uh, did 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 uh, um, in the in the uh, in the Google uh, classroom also? Did she burn herself in fire? Did she jump in in the fire, abductious fire, or did she consume herself in a yogic type of fire? Right. So in the Devi. In the Devi Bhagavatam, it mentions this yoga, yoga yajna that in in a in a in a in a, in a, a fire in a yajna a yogic yajna. So not necessarily so giving a little hint that it's not just the external fire. Some version of the story, because I said the story is a very ancient story, it's told throughout throughout the ancient literature. Some versions have her the fire sac sacrifice that he was doing, that Daksha was doing, that she jumped in that fire sacrifice itself in that fire, right, and then burned herself. The question is, what did Shiva carry around? If she burned her body, how did she walk, carry her body? So that also means that earliest version of the stories don't have Shiva carrying the body. And uh, another, so you, so one ver so you have later stories carrying the body, even later stories having the body cut up and falling to earth, make Shakti Pitam, because there needs to be uh, uh, the 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 idea of the Shakti Pitam. We'll mention that on Sunday. Some of the Shakti Pitams probably the Shakti Pitam structure. Of, of temples in India probably predate the tradition of the Sati story or, or the connection of the Sati story to like this, right? The way of connecting the two, right? These are ancient temples on their own. Most of them were ancient temples on their own before they got connected to the Sati Daksha uh, myth, right? But some, so some, some have her uh, uh, just in her own, her Bhut Agni or Atma Agni, she internally awoken a yogic fire or a yogic sacrifice, right? And 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 therefore consumed her body, right? Different texts will say differently, right? You can see the yogic one is in certain sense more interesting. That that we have we also have a Bhutan, we have a, a fire of her own awareness or a fire. She awakened this this divine energy within her body and consumed it. We also have the same Bhutagni. Uh, um, uh, the, the art so what is it? The Bhutagni is that which gives life. Right. Uh, 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 in in the Vedic tradition, we worship um, uh, the fire uh, Vaishranada. Right. Vaishranada is a name for Agni, the fire. And we, especially in our Baba tradition, we identify the the fire of Arduni, and like that was Vaishranada. Right. He's the fire. That's an, not just. There's different ways. Fires and different things. There's fire and everything. This is the fire that's in living things. 
right? And, and, and the universe of fire that's in all the, in other words, it's prana, it's energy, it's shakti, right? That's the, so that when we light the fire in the duni, it represents kundalini, it means awareness, it means life, it means prana, it's all these multiple levels. So she is that shakti, right? And, and, and so she awake when that, that shakti comes up, the, when that really comes up, maybe way that can maybe interpreted when that shakti comes up, body consciousness disappears. There's a part of the story we haven't mentioned in the Daksha story. Daksha so offends her because the struggle is, is that Shiva is so other, is so um, um, beyond proper behavior of society, right? Like Daksha represents Brahminical culture, civilization that he was the father of as per the stories, as a Prajapati, right? And in all the stories, she's constantly struggling because she wants Shiva, right? But she can't have Shiva because she's Dakshini. She's Dakshay um, Dakshayani. She's the daughter of Daksha, right? Another one of her names, right? Means she's the product of human culture and therefore human morality, human restrictions, right? So she says in some of the versions, she says, I can never really be Shiva's uh, Shakti while I'm your daughter. In other words, while I'm human well, or while I'm part of human culture or human morality in those structures, right? And therefore, the only way I have to stop being your daughter, I have to give up the body, which in other words, she went, so the, and the way the story has been interpreted a little bit mystically is that she, she um, uh, this represents that as long as we're in a, we, we have body consciousness, take a little psychologically, with body consciousness, we can never fully be with Shiva. We have to go beyond body consciousness. So that's another interpretation of her burning the body in yoga by awakening prana, like that, that the body, the body idea falls off or the physical body falls off. And now she's reborn in a new body as Parvati, right? Uh, uh, that's not connected to a human. Is not the daughter of Daksha, the first uh, uh, patriarch of, 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 of Vedic Brahmanism, right? You know, like, now she's a daughter of the mountain of the earth, right? A, 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 more, a more primal form that's closer and less restricted. Because of all the things you could be daughters of, right? Or be born from, a human being has a lot of um, limitations, right? A lot, a lot of restrictions, you know, especially when, when it's a human being with, with high culture, like, and rules. And, and, and so that's, and so, and Shiva in many of these stories, in the story of Daksha, Shiva and Sati, is the unfettered, unconditioned consciousness, right? And Dutch represents the fully fettered and conditioned human condition uh, consciousness behavior. And Sati is somewhere in between. So the, there has there's a, that struggle between those two extreme. Sati eventually realized it was impossible, and she thought she tried to make it work. And there was a reason why she was born in this family, right? Some boons and all kinds of stuff, and to, to satisfy all kinds of things. But it couldn't have been. Um, uh, permanent. And actually in the story in the Devi Bhagavatam, when Sati leaves for the fire sacrifice, Shiva says, we weren't invited, we're not going to, she, she's doing it just to insult us. Why go? No, I want to go. I said, okay, you can go. He didn't say you can't go. Because in the big picture, he knew why she was born to Sati. And she knows that that, although it hurts him very much, he's attached to her. And you see what happened when she left her body to him and to the world. But it's not a permanent form to be born in a human incarnation. She's born as a human. Sati is a human, right? A human being can't hold it forever, 
right? You know that that she's a, a human incarnation of 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 of, of, of Adi, Adi, Adi Shakti. So she needed a more cosmic incarnation, that could, and and has a bigger a bigger a bigger thing. But I'll leave it at that. Boom. That okay, Carolyn? Something? Okay. Boom, 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 boom. Yes, tell me, uh, uh, Heather. Yes. I was wondering. There's uh, this. This story seems to be. I, I know that like with the subtle anatomy class and everything, things were like, yeah, there's like yeah. a macrocosm and a microcosm, like the internal and the larger external. Yeah. Is there, is that, is there like a micro internal yeah. microcosmic so, yeah. story of, of, is this, is this also something that's symbolic of what's yeah. happening internally or yeah. down here? Yeah, that's, that, 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 that's, that's exactly, the, I think the point is the macro and micro interpretations are important and macro is also on two levels. One is it's dealing with a very, we have to take the stories also respectfully as ancient world stories as they're told, right? The original forms of the stories and talking about in very ancient time, this is mythic time, prehistory. We, we, don't, we don't know how to speak about these things except in, in the language of, of, of these myths, right? But that these are cosmic forces of cosmic deities that happened a long, a long time. Let me tell you an ancient tale. This happened a long time. A long time ago, people told a really old story about the before time. You know, before when the world was young, and you know the whole thing, right? Right. Uh, 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 so it's that type of thing. And then it's macro in 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 uh, in the sense that it's dealing with cosmic forces, right? And 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 epochs and ages and kings and dynasties and 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 and, and cosmic thing, big cosmic thing, cosmic, and also big cosmic principles of, of Maha Shakti and like that. But then there's also the microcosmic is like the story can also speak to us. And we have to be a little careful not to just think, oh, the story is about me, no. right? It's a story about Sati and about like, no. but it's also about me, right? You know, you cannot deny that also and, and, and interpret, that interpretation. And some have given a lot of emphasis to the personal interpretation as very as very insightful and meaningful psychological psycho, psychology psycho, almost like a spiritual psychology mythic psychology and i think it's very useful but sometimes when we lose track of the larger principle and the traditional understanding the larger traditional understanding um um sometimes it we 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 untie it too much and then we and, and then we, we we take it in ways that the authors couldn't have possibly met although it maybe we could say oh maybe it's what it means to me that can we can say that nobody can stop having something what it means to you right but we should start what it means to me what 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 was what was it meant what's the intention of the authors and uh, that telling this ancient story all right but in the devi bhagavatam i believe that it's also meant to be us also right we can also hear what it, what they say and you know so and when we were just talking to carolyn about answering carolyn's question of 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 the struggle between our own consciousness how how do we want the infinite infinite awareness of Shiva, right? The unbounded awareness of the self of of Brahman or something like of Mahadevi, Padashakti, or and then but also but we're trapped in we're we're all Dakshayanis, we're all sons and daughters of Daksha. We're born in our family, we're born in our culture, we're born with good or bad, uh, whatever that means, right? But they're limited. We're born with conditions, and we're conditioned, and our consciousness is conditioned. And a certain sense, we have to go beyond. That's why it's 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 not just a yagya. It's a yogya, yoga yagni. It's a yoga yagya. It's a yagya of spiritual 
practice, right? You know, so yoga means spiritual practice. Union of spiritual practice is yoga. Yoga is, a, is the goal of, of union or transcendence, or, and it's the process, the, the uh, spiritual practices. So it could be, and commentaries have been written, uh, and we've, spe we've spoken on this story in our years ago in the Srimad Bhagavatam classes, uh, also interpreting it this way also. There's also a story about our own sadhana and how, we and how we can transcend and be free from our limitations through spiritual practices, through samadhi, like, and, and like this, and folk, you know. So it, it is that also. It's, it's microcosmic in a couple different ways and microcosmic in a couple, in a couple different ways, right? In many different ways, right? What is it, what is, so it what is it meaning? And sometimes the story is told in different texts to mean something different. The same stories are told to emphasize something different. So on the Devi Bhagavad, it's, it's told for a reason. We'll, we'll continue that next week. A little different than the way it's told in the Srimad Bhagavatam, which is for a devotional, uh, ultimate devotional content. This is about the supremacy of Devi ultimately, and 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 her as a source and substratum of everything. Without her, everything is, becomes just like we described. And we need her, and this is what happens. How do we get her back? Is that we're going to talk about? And then the whole Devi Gita is how to keep her. <laughs> Once we have her, how to keep her? Yeah. Because the, the, they see her, and then they ask, "Okay, thank you, and you'll you'll be born great." But in a second, you're going to disappear. They have a vision, and the. the we, the problem with any spiritual experience is temporary, right? And 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 so what happens? So what happens when? How do we always love you? How do once you're gone? How do we not forget you, right? You see, when she disappeared, the whole world went to hell, yeah. right? But she's going to disappear again, and she she sees the gods are seeing her. She's going to disappear again, and it usually says she disappeared in front of their vision. I mean, they don't see her again, right? What do you do? Right. So the whole Devi Gita, really the Kanda Devi Gita is how do we always know, how do we always see her when we're not seeing her? That's, that's, I think the real, the real uh, uh, yogic sacrifice and tapasya sacrifice. Om. Hari Om Tat Sat. Ranamali, you? A reference to the story of Taraka and the Bhamana Purana. He's mentioned there's a story, the reference to the story of Tadaka and the Vamana Purana. Another reference is Kartikeya. Yes, Kartikeya, yes. So the, the connection, the different Puranas, the Vamana Purana, also the Kurma Purana, I think, tells the story also, if I remember properly. These are Shakta, strongly Shakta Puranas. And in the Mahabharata tells the story. And, and ultimately, and, and sometimes Tadaka is not killed by, in this story, giving a little bit the, the, the end away. Kartikeya, Skanda is going to be born to Parvati and Shiva and kill Tadaka. Only, only such a person can kill Tadaka. Um, um, right. But other stories in other versions, other, other people kill Tadaka. Right. So Tadaka is, you know, and so one way to tell that the story has changed over time, the story, there's mistakes in the story. Other version is that uh, all the same demons born in different ages and different realms. There's ways of justifying, right, uh, the, the repetitions and the changes in the stories, right. But so that's what it says. Sometimes these 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 demon killing uh, demon tales, as, they, as we like as the scholars call them, right? Uh, fight between gods and demons and their eventual defeat of the of the demons and the, and the success of the gods, right? Those are going to be told differently in different places, and 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 also Skanda. We're going to find out a little bit. We won't tell much because he's only mentioned. He's not mentioned the name. I think even once here, but uh, 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 but he's going to be eventually be born. Uh, he's also like, where did he come from? What texts are describing him? 
right? He's mentioned an old, he's a Vedic deity, he's a pre-Vedic deity, he's very, and he wasn't always the son of Shiva. Some places have him as an independent deity, the very, all these, these stories and deities, and, and he, and other places he kills a different set of demons, right? So sometimes the, the exact details are important because what's being, what we're reading is important. We should read it properly and know what's being said, but it's not the only way these stories are told. You know, the stories are told differently and the stories are also different. So we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully get, we'll eventually get, <laughs> eventually get through them. Yeah, I was yeah, just well. referring to it because oh. like in the tradition of, uh, you know, if you look at uh, Subramaniam and if you look yeah. at Skanda or Morgan, you know, in that yeah. tradition and, and there's this whole uh, like offering that, you know, I've seen performed where there's the yeah. depiction of the 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 battle yes. between um, the the ousting of the demon Taraka, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, and so that comes like like just just as you said, you know, it's the different yeah. uh, interpretation or take yeah, on yeah. whatever Shakta yeah. lineage. Yeah. Or, yeah cultural lineage you come from so the dravidian yeah. rooted a lot yeah. in the murugan subramaniam yeah. murugan is very yeah he's that's his you that's know, his realm that's, <laughs> that's right so that's where i get you know the the whole aspect of um uh taraka as the son of vajranaika i think <laughs> yes, yes 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 and yes. so it's so interesting when you look at the his 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 family is interesting. I don't know how much. I mean, we had. I don't know how far. To, I mean, next week is like there's only half a verse left, right? Or one verse left on Tataka, right? But we're trying to figure out what to um how much to say because like his family, his bro his brothers, very interesting. His bro his two brothers eventually when they get defeated by him, they get a special place. I mean, when they get defeated by by by. Uh, by uh by defeats Tadaka, his brothers get a special boons. One of them becomes Ma's lion, right? And the other one becomes Kartikeya's uh, uh, peacock, right? They take, so that's also, and that's a big theme also where the, uh, some demonic energy or deity, when they get humbled, they have a new position as the Vahana, as the, the and that also shows that when the goddess stands on something, it's showing her absolute conquering of that thing. Right. And now the thing, the thing that used to be an enemy is now a, a servant, right? And another fully, and so taken psychologically, these, which what, we'll find out what, what, what maybe what, what, um, what uh, these, these uh, Tadaka and his family represent perhaps uh, 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 when the final thing, those become, they, rather than enemies, they become the, the vehicles, right? They, they take on a whole nother, another, anyways, very, very, a whole nother, uh, uh, an example of this is Ganesha riding a mouse. The mouse is also a demon that represents the, um, all kinds of stuff, but he now rides the mouse, now he's controlling it, right? This demon is now no longer ruining people's life. It's now being fully controlled by the Lord that, could, that gives people protection and prosperity. So the Vahana idea is very um, fascinating topic of who stands on who, <laughs> who rides on what. <laughs> so interesting, Kali rides on Shiva, so... <laughs> Uh, we'll see. You can guess who. What, what, what we can guess what her position means. <laughs> that position means. Hariyom, Hariyom, Hariyom. I think we'll probably end there. I think it's getting late. Uh, um, thank you for your kind attention once again. And and um, this is 
next week we'll we'll continue and uh, uh, and very quickly we'll get we'll go to the um the the, the devas doing a fascinating set of austere austere practices so all all the things that we're that we want to do and we should learn to do they themselves will say how to do, what they do so we'll see that our sadhana that we're doing or that we're trying to do or maybe you want to learn to do are not new they're not made up by us or by the latest guru or website or book or magazine that's come there uh, even the gods did japa and kirtan and yasa and puja and fasting and, and on pilgrimage all these things that like we like we try to do uh these have been done since the foundation of the world all right jaymo 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 all blessings oh let me get out my gallery so i can see who's here here Jaima Jaima Durga Durga Dasi and Giri Jaima Jaima Alex Jaima Sundri Jaima Jaima Om Ananda Elijah Om 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 Jaima Shelby Jaima Krishna Chitra I don't see him but I see his name good good Om All right well the Wi-Fi uh, Carolyn the Wi-Fi worked okay. <laughs> We had some fun trying to get it going today, but it worked all right. So I'm glad. Good, good. I felt very bad if I had to cancel. Mm. All right, all right, all right. Hari Om Tatsat, Hari Om Tatsat, Hari Om Tatsat. Sitaram, Jaima Ananda, Jaima. Hari Om. Elijah's always last. <laughs> I have to. Yeah. <laughs> no, you hang up. No, you hang up. <laughs> no, I love you. No, I love you. Like that. Yeah.